Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here, Keep Canada Weird is the venue in which my pal Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore the more offbeat Canadian news stories from the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on the evening of November 28th, 2023, Aaron and I catch up after a week away from Weird Canada. For our return, we're going to spend a bit of time on what may be Canada's weirdest spit of land. It's called Quadra Island in British Columbia. We're also going to discuss an accidental thrift store donation and the resulting search. And then we're going to speculate on the future of self-checkouts. So let's get into this. Handsome Aaron Airport. I got to say, it's been too long. I think that's our first time missing a week in the history of Keep Canada Weird. Uh, I don't know if it's the first, but it's definitely, if it's not the first, it was the second time, maybe. Um, there may have been one before, if I remember correctly, that we meant to miss. It was, if it wasn't the first, it was the most jarring. Yeah, it was very jarring to me. Yes, I, I, I wandered around the streets. You felt it too? Of Cape Breton last Tuesday night, screaming at the top of my lungs, Jordan, Jordan. I was wandering around the streets of Toronto. You were. So I didn't yeah, hear a word so you of it. couldn't hear anything I was yelling at you. But uh, yeah, we missed last week. And now we're here to to bring back Keep Canada Weird, like a tidal wave of weirdness to the ears of Canada. We're going to breathe new life into the corpse of Keep Canada Weird Nation. Before we do, though, let's talk mm. about our weeks. It's been a while. What's anything new? I know you're working hard on various plays and different things you're involved in. Anything exciting to tell us about? Uh, well, nothing exciting, I guess. It's just been, my schedule's been wacky. I've been, every night, uh, I've, I'm at rehearsal. Um, I was working on two shows at the same time, so one of them has opened, and so that's kind of cleared my schedule a little bit going forward. But yeah, for the past couple of weeks, it's just work and then rehearsal, and then crashing on my pillow at home. Mm, um, I guess the most exciting part of my week is myself and probably 10,000 other fans of the rock band Kiss all descended upon Toronto, Ontario for what was to be Kiss's final concert ever in Canada because they're retiring. Uh, I went there with our good friend, our mutual friend, Randy. We were all mm. excited. We even had like special shirts to wear to the Kiss concert and the town was just a buzz as you're walking around Toronto in the lead up to the concert. You, I saw people with their face painted like Kiss, all sorts of t-shirts and sweaters and Kiss jackets. There was a buzz in the air until the message came out that the lead singer of Kiss had a flu and the concert was off, which led to a whole bunch of grumpy and sad Kiss fans roaming around Toronto, which is kind of pathetic. Ah, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is. I was really hoping to see someone with like Kiss face paint, but the paint was all kind of like running because they've been crying because their dreams are crushed. Yeah, or they just painted a couple of black tears coming down the cheek, <laughs> you know. Uh, I told you about this off air, but I will say um, people people have asked me, they're like, oh, you must have been so pissed like to go all the way to Toronto, uh, buy a hotel and all this stuff and airfare and have the concert canceled. You must be so mad. And I will say, I'm not mad. I was a little disappointed, but the reason I'm not mad is because I ran into one of the members of Kiss. His name is Tommy <laughs> Thayer. He's the guitar player. And uh, our good friend Randy approached him, being someone who is shameless, despite Tommy being with his, like, hand in hand with his girlfriend. And uh, Tommy Thayer uh, apologized to Randy and I for the concert being canceled. So I like to consider that a personal apology from Kiss, and I accept it. Yeah, that's a pretty exciting thing to have happen. One of those random celebrity run-ins where you don't really expect it to happen. You weren't really looking for it. And then Boom. next thing you know, there they are right in your face. And Boom, yeah. How so. are you going to react in the moment? Are you going to talk to them? Are you going to let them live their lives? Uh, Randy decided to not let him live his life. Yeah. I decided I to hound him. Yeah, know. well, it, to be honest, it was a pretty not obtrusive. We, we were yeah, kind of like, yeah. hey, and he said, right. hey, and then he was like, sorry about the concert. 
And sorry uh, about the concert, but don't come near me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but that's it. But I guess we're all caught up now. Nothing else happened with me at all. Nothing else with you. No, not much. It's just been it's just been work, work, and work. That's it. Okay. Uh, well, let's let's stop with the boring stuff. We're here for an exciting adventure into weird Canadian people, places, events, occurrences, concepts, ideas. We're here to keep Canada weird. And before we get into the stories, we're going to discuss. Just hear a short voice memo from a listener. This was a, a voice message sent in response to the message we heard in our last episode from Kate, who referred to you as the other one. For some reason, Kate uh, didn't dig you. Uh, but it seems like Kate's uh, Kate antagonizing you has led some listeners to turn on me. Here's an anonymous message we received. So I just got done listening to the latest podcast of keep Canada weird and I seem to have a problem with Kate not referencing handsome Aaron airport so now I think I will call his other podcast mate the other one. Oh, shots oh, fired wow. yeah yeah lines drawn here we go We've actively avoided uh, listeners needing to choose sides between you and I, but I think Kate has pushed the issue and already I'm, I'm, my phone is buzzing right now with uh, trends on Twitter and X and Instagram and Facebook, um, hashtag team Aaron, hashtag team Jordan, and it's getting ugly. It's getting political. Yeah. I mean, the, the real question is, are you and I like the, you know, the listeners may pick sides even though we're not asking them to this issue is kind of bubbling up organically and the listeners are starting to choose sides however are you and i going to choose sides hmm. how is would we this... do that like we would make like solo keep canada weirder podcasts well we'll just we'll just say on air whose side are you on Jordan i'm on my side 100 percent Oh, that's that's not fair to say. Why aren't you on my side? Well, um, I might be on your side. You don't know. I haven't stated publicly whose side yeah, I'm I am. I stated I'm on my Maybe side. Maybe I hate myself too. <laughs> I'm not going to choose sides. Forget I Maybe said Maybe I look in the mirror and say, you are the other one. <laughs> I She's hope that Kate is right. You're the other one. Um, you know, so I'm not going to say which side I'm on yet. I'm going to see how it plays out for a bit. And then yeah. I'll, I'll state my feelings on it down the road when I feel the time is appropriate. Okay. And I will tell the keep Canada weird nation whose side I'm really on. Okay. I like it. Well, let's get into it here to keep Canada weird tonight. We really have a, a trilogy of stories, but there's a trilogy within a trilogy. As you'll see, we're going to talk about a place I've never heard of called Quadra Island in BC. And it's absolutely nuts there. Apparently we're going to talk about a mistaken goodwill donation and the search for some missing personal items. And then we're going to check out, che then we're going to check out self checkouts. Let's get, <laughs> let's get into it. Yes. Where, where do you want to start with this? Do you want to go to Quadra Island or do you want to get retail-y? Let's go to Quadra Island, please. Have, have you ever heard of Quadra Island before we got into these stories? No, I can't say that I have. I have never heard of the place. In fact, the, the, the reason it came on my radar is someone sent me a story from Quadra uh, about something that took place on Quadra Island. And they said, this would be great for Keep Canada Weird. Then I was like, oh, I got to learn a bit more about Quadra Island googled it and all that came up were news articles that were all like absurd it seems like quadra island for the last few years has been just struggling to get mentioned on this show i they finally have our attention we're going to talk about them if you've if you're unfamiliar with quadra island it's a it's the central community of the discovery islands which is a small group of islands located along the inside passage seaway between vancouver island and mainland british columbia canada quadra island is home to a lively close-knit community from all walks of life and from all parts of the world but with a population of just over 2,000 people the island carries much more than its weight in the mission to keep canada weird so let's get into a couple stories that I found taking place on Quadra Island. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Aaron Habel of Generation Y, and with me is Jack Luna of Dark Topic. We'd like to introduce you to Marooned, a new podcast that's sure to capture your attention. Tales of the catastrophically lost are what we have to offer. Hikers swallowed by the woods. Explorers discovering nothing but destitution. True crime calamity. Oddities of harrowing human experience. It's a museum of misadventure. So pack a lunch. Subscribe to Marooned wherever you find podcasts. We are waiting. Please hurry. Thank you. The first one is the story of what is what I referred to as Quadra Island's weird sounds plague, a plague of weird sounds or a kind of like a boom of weird sounds because it all takes place just around this prior uh, Halloween that just passed. So just a month, about a month ago. Going to read you a news article here. You tell me what the heck is going on with weird sounds on Quadra Island. So here it goes. Two unusual calls for service were received by Quadra Island RCMP on October 30th and October 31st, both both involving unsettling screams. Quadra is located in the Discovery Islands, a group of small islands on the Inside Passage, as I described, between Vancouver Island and mainland British Columbia. Uh, This week, the Mounties published a report detailing island incidents between October 23rd and November 12th, which provided information on the audible events that occurred on and just prior to Halloween. The first incident, which occurred on October 30th, involved reports of what sounded like someone yelling in distress near a cliffside. When emergency responders arrived, instead of finding the opportunity for a daring cliffside rescue, they were simply met by a sad mama goat crying for its babies. Officers noted while on the scene that the cries did sound similar to someone yelling for help, However, no one but a mama goat on a nearby farm was in any kind of distress. The second incident, which took place the very next night, which is Halloween, begins with officers responding to more reports of mysterious screaming in the area. This time, it was coming from the Quadra Island Cemetery. The complainant described an unsettling sound that sounded as if someone was in pain. When officers arrived, they found two people near a large bush who said they were looking for a scarf. Despite it being Halloween, police said there were no signs of of ghosts or ghouls. So I think they tried to go a little light with that. But we have two two unique stories related to sounds. Do you have any takes on either of these or anything you want to say about these? Uh, So the people in the bushes said they were looking for a scarf. They were obviously having sex. Oh, what do you think? You're so doing? blunt about it. Well, it's just so I thought you were going to skirt around it a bit, like you know, Mm-mm. they were trying to keep warm in another way or something. <laughs> I don't know. No, as I read it, I'm like, what else could it be? Yeah, how loud would you be looking for a scarf? It depends on the scarf's hearing. If the scarf is hard <laughs> of hearing, then you'd yell really loud looking for it. Mm. Uh, I think the police knew what they were doing because what we what I just read there comes directly from um, the publishing of police incident reports. And uh, the police even said, like er, in the report, they even added a question mark. They said they were looking for a scarf question mark as if like that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Mm. Sometimes people are looking for scarves, though. Yeah. On Halloween. You can't just. Yeah, I, I mean, I would wear a scarf on Halloween if I was trick or treating, uh, and and because it's cold a lot of the times on Halloween, and you mm. want to keep warm, mm. and and then sometimes your scarf blows off in the wind, and you don't know where it went, and then you have to make really sexy noises to find it. <laughs> you just have to sound like you're in pain, looking for it in a you bush. Have to just sound with you have a to friend, grunt really loud, and and you have to say. <laughs> do you like that and <laughs> and things like that you know you have to be creative to try and find your scarf and then hey maybe if you make the sexy noises the scarf gets turned on and comes back to you mm-hmm. 
I guess I don't happen. know. I'm just trying to <laughs> give them a benefit of a doubt. Maybe. Uh, I kind of feel bad for the innocent person who called in the report. Like, I think they're hurt in there. I think those, they're hurt. Those poor kids are hurt in that bush. I've never heard people have sex before, so I could only assume that those two people are hurt. <laughs> um, it, the, the whole situation with the goat, I, I could see that. If you heard the sound, like a weird sound coming from a cliffside, maybe I, my mind would go to like, someone maybe fell down the cliff. I don't know if I would recognize a goat's cry versus a dying human. No, and 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 often people confuse the sound of a goat crying with two people having sex as well. <laughs> so, <maybe> so, <laughs> so when they hear that noise, they're like, oh, that's either somebody's hearse in bushes or somebody having sex in bushes. Probably not a go crying though, so mm. I better call the police either way. Interesting. It seems like it'd be a cool job to be a cop on Quadra Island. I don't know. You better talk to a cop on Quadra Island first before you make a statement like that. Well, actually, why don't we go through two other stories that I found that took place in the last year on the same little island uh, that maybe would talk you out of want to be wanting to be a cop there. Actually, no, they won't, because these also sound quite interesting if you were a cop. This is a story I found when trying to learn about Quadra Island. I happened upon this story. This is from just about a year ago. It's October 12th of 2022. There was a headline in the news with man, ba man banned from BC Ferry drops wig and odd accent and flees police. I thought, what the hell is that? Here's what it says. Police are investigating after a man banned from BC Ferries used a disguise to board a vessel. On October 9th, BC Ferries contacted the Quadra Island RCMP about an individual that had been banned from the ferries who was on a vessel and wearing a disguise. The man was wearing what the man was wearing what Quadra Island RCMP said was obviously a wig, a scarf, and sunglasses, and the man was speaking in an odd, high-pitched accent that was either an attempt at an Australian or a British accent. The unwanted, pass the unwanted passenger, who is well-known to police, refused to cooperate with officers and fled the scene on foot, leaving his wig and mask on the trail. This investigation is ongoing, and they go on to anyone, information, anyone with information they request to contact them. So, you're... Is your mind going where my mind is going on this one? It's the same guy looking for a scarf. Yeah. A year later. This is well, they said he had a scarf on. Yeah. I mean, he... how many people in Quadra Island own scarves? Really? And wear them in October. Yeah. <laughs> That's is, interesting. This is all connected. Just imagine. Just follow the scarf and you'll find the answer. Maybe he's a ghost who comes back once a year uh, in search of his scarf because there's both stories around Halloween. Oh. You know what I you know what I think's happening here. But remember weeks ago when we talked about the pumpkin pies at Costco, mm -hmm. how they create they create this atmosphere of frenzy over them, mm -hmm. self-created by that Costco in order artificial to artificial demands. Yeah. Artificial demands. Scarf salesmen in Quadra Island are creating artificial demands for scarves. By getting them mentioned in the news? Sure, and, and keeping them cool by by having them be featured in sexy crimes. Hmm, that could be. I guess if you were going to investigate, uh, stop at the local scarf shop, maybe in order. Yeah, it's the way like leather jackets, you know, were so cool with, you know, maybe in the fifties with petty crime. You know, hmm. if you were cool, you did petty crime and you wore a leather jacket, <laughs> you know, with a with a bicycle on it. Hmm bicycle on it have you ever seen a leather jacket uh, like a motorbike or I yeah, don't yeah. Know, or like a something something more innocent in the 50s i feel like mm. you know you had a switchblade but you didn't show it to everybody not everybody <laughs> but sometimes uh, you combed your hair with it well it's funny that you mentioned motorcycles because that's going to lead to our next and final quadra island story in the quadra island bc is nuts trilogy this is another one i found uh, just from 2022 as well the headline for this article is man contacts quadra island rcmp to dispute erratic driving allegations and gets arrested here's this one 
The Quadra Island RCMP say a man who is wanted on multiple assault charges was arrested last week after he contacted police to dispute that he was riding his dirt bike recklessly on the BC Island. Mounties say they, they first received reports of a man driving a two-stroke dirt bike erratically on Quadra Island on May 22nd. The report came from the Joyce Road area, and police were told that the biker was traveling erratically in the neighborhood on a somewhat regular basis. After police informed the public that they were looking into the matter, police say the man responsible contacted them through email, saying he was upset about these allegations and that he was biking safely, adding that he only used the dirt bike for work purposes. His email also included personal information, and the police later used that to determine that the man had multiple outstanding warrants for his arrest, including assault with a weapon, spousal assault, public mischief, and several other charges. He was located on his dirt bike last week and was arrested for the outstanding warrants. Doesn't even sound real to me. Well, what's missing from the article is, is was he wearing a scarf? <laughs> Do you think there's a chance? Uh, well, this is in May, it seems that this happened. If he was wearing a scarf in May, certainly the same guy. A hundred percent. If be no not, debate at that point. even if there is no scarf, he is still in the suspect pool. Yeah, because they didn't specifically mention the scarf. But I've seen people on motorbikes wear scarves because they blow in the wind when you're riding it. Like they wear the black helmets with those big goggles mm -hmm. and they have a scarf on. And then they have their leather kind of bomber biker jacket. Their, their petty crime jacket. Yeah. <laughs> and and they drive around with pet doing petty crimes and 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 having sex in bushes. Mm, this sounds like you know, there's a population of just about two thousand on Quadra Island. So it seems like there's one bad dude that is keeping the probably two police officers very busy. And they're stuck just releasing these press releases every couple months about whatever he's up to. Maybe there's a bigger crime going on in Quadra Island that this guy's job is to distract the two RCMP officers. <laughs> With just ridiculous antics. With just ridiculous antics <laughs> while something else is happening. It's like a magician, you know, the sleight of hand, mm. distract the audience's eyes while something else is going on behind the magician's back. Uh. Um so that so in in a few months, you know, we may hear of the crime of the century coming out of Quadra Island. Yeah, Jeffrey Epstein's lair is found buried below Quadra Island, and he's alive, like that kind of thing. No. Oh, you want to move on? Yeah. Yeah, I know you don't like when I bring him up. Let's just move on. Okay. I'll cut the feed. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you get so weird? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, let's uh, let's. That's all for Quadra Island. But I want to put an appeal out there for to listeners. If you've ever heard of Quadra Island, if you have a story about Quadra Island, if you've ever visited Quadra Island, I'd like to hear about it. If you're from Quadra Island, I definitely want to hear about that. Let us know. I just I have a feeling we found like the honeypot of weird Canadian news, and we've been on a mission to find ways to keep Canada weird, new and exciting ways. And I don't know, I think the answer could possibly be buried below Quadra Island. Mm. Let's listen to one more voice memo, then we're going to get on to our next uh, collection of stories. Here's, um, here's a voice memo from a listener named Stacy, who's providing a news tip of something we may want to talk about. Here it is. Hello, Jordan and handsome Aaron Airport. Do I have something weird for you? You've probably already heard it. I'm not uh, I'm not giving you any groundbreaking news, but I just want you to know I'm interested in hearing more from the guy who stopped at the Halifax Park to eat five pounds of potato salad and invited the entire city to join him. And like 50 people did. Have a look on that one. I love your guys' show. You guys crack me up every week at work at my desk i look like a lunatic laughing thank you so much for that sassy stacy out so do you have any idea what stacy's talking about no i don't because <laughs> you're not you're not in halifax so you missed i don't it. live in halifax and uh i don't follow the uh potato salad times you know i don't <laughs> so, get their news no. so a guy in halifax this fella i don't know what possessed him to do this but he put up posters all around town saying with a picture of himself 
in the caption something like, come watch me eat five pounds of potato salad at the Holy Cross Cemetery at, you know, whatever the date was. Uh, it was I think it was about a week ago that he was doing this. And it kind of caught on and everyone said, like, I'm going to go watch this guy eat potato salad. I guess it caught on so much that the cemetery, the graveyard, even closed up like they locked their gates and, a pl and police were there to make sure no one went into the cemetery. So this guy set up, it looks like he just set up a chair, like a lawn chair outside of the cemetery on a rainy night with a big crowd of people surrounding him, including news cameras and everything. And he just tried to eat five pounds of potato salad. And as far as I know, I wasn't there. As far as I know, I, I think he got about halfway through the potato salad and had to give up. I'm trying to visualize what five pounds of potato salad looks like. Well, potato salad is a heavy food. So it was I know. Just like so I would think that five container. pounds is not newsworthy amount of potato salad. It's a lot to eat in one sitting. It's I'd say sure like a thing. But if I was hungry, like it's like a I liter, like it's about a liter of potato salad. Yeah, I could eat a liter of potato salad as a meal, I think. Really? I think you'd be doomed afterwards. I think I'd feel terrible about myself, but it's not like I'd be calling the Guinness Book of World Records and be like, you're not going to believe how much potato salad I just yeah. ate mm. a slightly more amount than any person should have. Um, as far as marketing this thing, like the guy did putting posters up, is that an act of keep Canada weird goodwill or is that a step in the wrong direction? Um. I don't know. Like, I don't really understand if it was a huge amount of potato salad, I'd be more impressed with the weird way he approached it. But, and maybe that makes it more weird. Like maybe it'd be even better if it was less potato salad, like watch me eat a, a teaspoon of potato <laughs> salad. Yeah. I don't and know. let's see if we can share it. I, I thought know, like... I thought about it a few ways. What's weirder, putting up posters and doing it at a schedule for an audience, or, or just doing it? Like if he just let's say without telling anybody, he brought a lawn chair, sat it down outside the cemetery walls, put a tarp on himself because it's pouring rain, and just sat there smiling at people as they walked by with a spoon, eating a big thing of potato salad. <laughs> See, in that circumstance, it would have to be a cartoonish amount of potato salad mm -hmm. because then as you walk by they're like why is there some guy sitting alone outside the cemetery eating a barrel <laughs> full of potato salad <laughs> yeah i think that's weirder and, and we've talked a bit about this this idea of like intentional weird versus like genuine and sincere acts of weirdness i think yeah um, yeah i i think i would prefer the the experience of just walking a pat walking past a man naturally doing that in a in an unusual place rather than going to a pre-planned event to see it yeah like it's just it's more it would be really interesting if it was this this guy who just loves potato salad and he sits out on his break every day after working in the cemetery and just eats a giant tub of potato salad <laughs> And then people start to notice and they're like, <laughs> and it starts to catch on. This and guy other has people a put liter up... of potato salad every lunchtime on his break from mowing lawns at the cemetery. <laughs> and maybe other people could put up the posters. Come join us to watch you that. Man. Watch this guy. He digs <laughs> graves and then he eats potato salad. All right. Well, interesting story. Uh, a tip of the Keep Canada weird hat for anyone who eats obscene amounts of anything. Yeah, um, it's just my biggest problem is is the portion that he chose. I say either go small or go massive. Okay. But he kind of went right down the middle, and that's where I think he missed on this social performance piece that he did. Okay. Well, let's move on to something altogether different. We have a duo of retail-related events. I want to start with a story related to a thrift shop which seems to be kind of an ongoing thread here. We talk about thrift stores, Value Village, and Goodwills quite a bit because I guess that's a passion of mine. I love that sort of thing. So when I saw an article about a, a Winnipeg woman asking for help in relation to a thrift store donation, I had to tune in. I'll, I'll tell you a bit of the basics, then we'll listen to a news piece on it. So again, a Winnipeg woman is asking for help after receiving an unexpected Facebook message from a stranger. The message included a photo of her university diploma, 
but the message in the photo itself wasn't the problem. It was that the diploma was hanging for sale at a local thrift store, and she was pretty sure she knew how it got there. I'm Samantha Cole, host of the new season of Understood, The Pornhub Empire. Over the course of four episodes, I'll tell you how a horny YouTube knockoff in Canada came to dominate the porn world, only to shatter their cheeky reputation in a massive scandal. The Pornhub Empire is a new season of Understood from the CBC. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. A Winnipeg woman is hoping to find someone out there. Help her find a very personal item, her diplomas. They are now missing thanks to an act of generosity gone wrong. Maureen Tara was in the process of moving offices and donated a bunch of stuff to charitable organizations like the Habitat for Humanity Restore on Archibald. Here's when things go wrong. She accidentally included a box with her diplomas and certificates inside. Tara says the diplomas have significant sentimental value to her. Her grandmother framed them. Tara only realized they were lost after someone saw one of them in the store and reached out to her. Unfortunately, it was too late to get them back. By the time she called, someone had already purchased them. I was just so happy that a complete stranger actually did take the time. He, uh, we didn't know each other before that, so he must have found me through, I don't know, Google search, found me on Facebook, and then sent me a message. The fact that he took the time to do that, um, that was pretty awesome. So kind of restores your faith that there's some really good people out there. If anyone does come across the diplomas, Maureen Tarot would love to get them back. You can reach her through Facebook or through her office. The number is on your screen, 204-487-2100. I got a lot to say about that one. Uh, yeah, me too. You know, let me start here. You know, Madeline mm. Klein and I do the, our series Encounters with Creeps, where we oh, discuss yeah. people encountering or, or having experiences with creepy people. I think the idea of like being at a Goodwill store and seeing someone's personal information on something, be it a diploma or a picture or, you know, whatever, someone's name on the inside of a book jacket, to then find them on Facebook and send them a message, I think that's a little weird. Like I, if I saw a diploma, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, like I got to write that person on Facebook and let them know that diploma's here. Why would you? No, no. And, and she sees it as an act of goodwill. Like there's still good people out there. He wasn't good enough to like, I don't know. To buy it to and buy then it. contact her and say, I have your diploma. I bought it. It's safe with me. Mm -hmm. He just saw it, messaged her, said, hey, your diploma is at this random thrift shop. You know, and that's it. rest out yourself. Yeah, because I'm leaving it. Bam. Yeah, because I've walked away <laughs> and stopped caring a long time ago. Yeah, so that's that's one part. I think that guy is a bit creepy. I don't I don't know if he was doing a favor for her. I think he just was able to identify her and send her a freaky picture or something. Yeah, uh, I agree completely. So that's the first part. Then the second part is who bought the diploma? Why would you buy someone's diploma? Maybe the picture frame is really the nice. The frame. I would imagine it's the frame. Or it's somebody who collects diplomas. <laughs> Somebody what? actually, here's who would buy it. Someone who shares the same name as her oh. finds it in a thrift store. It's like, oh, a master's degree diploma. Mm. And I have a job interview tomorrow where I lied on my resume that I have a master's degree. I'm a nurse now. Yeah. And now I'm doing surgery. <laughs> It could be, but I do you think she's going to get this thing back? Uh, we didn't really through the news. Article I hope she doesn't. It's stupid. It's <laughs> like it's your diploma. No one gives a crap about your diploma. You can get it reprinted, but she you said it, it was reprinted. Uh, Nothing takes away the fact that you you have that degree or that, you know, whatever it is that that diploma is for. You have that having the framed fancy copy of the diploma means literally nothing no one wants um, to see it and uh, if you're and if you need it because say okay you know you're a psychologist and you want to have your diplomas up on the wall to add credibility to your profession sure then go have them reprinted um you know i'm sure there's a you know it costs money to do that but still it can't uh, be much though I, I feel like if i wanted to get a like a not diploma... enough to stop you from doing that like saying her using the words that there are still good people out there it's like but this wasn't a good deed like this has nothing to do with being good or bad it's like 
it's it's a diploma. You getting the, someone helping you get your diploma back after they found it in this thrift store because you left your dusty diplomas in an old box and gave them away to it, donated them by accident. <laughs> Clearly, you don't care about the diplomas to begin with because if they meant that much to you, you'd have them up somewhere. Mm-hmm. You would never have made this mistake. It's not a good deed. It's a, it's a diploma. Like, go wake up tomorrow. The sun will still rise. Yeah, but to to play devil's advocate, uh, she did say that it had special meaning because I think it was like her grandmother or like a relative framed it for her. Well, then why was it collecting dust in, in a, a box, box of on a box of frames? Yeah. So uh, I call I call do boo hickey on that because. I, I I think she I think sure there there's probably a bit more sentimental value to the frame than normal frames, but yeah I just don't buy it. I think this is dumb. Yeah I agree. I've never been too connected to a frame. I can't. I've never heard of anyone that connected to a frame. And if you were connected to it as much as she claims to be, mm-hmm. it would be up on the wall. Yeah. Right. Um. Well, let's move on to our next retail adjacent story. No, I guess the thrift donation was more retail adjacent. Let's move on to a retail specific story. Let me ask you this though. What do you think, how do you feel? What is your opinion on self-checkouts? I love them. What do you love about them? The convenience, the speediness. Mm-hmm. Um, I often find myself going to a place picking a picking a grocery store over another one because i know they have self-checkouts and the other one doesn't nothing's worse than when you're in a rush and you're going somewhere and you're like i need to stop and get some pop first to bring you know blah 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 and then you go in and there's a lineup at the checkout and you're going to be another 20 minutes in the line and it's like oh no but then you see a self-checkout and you whiz right through it yeah i, I love would just- that yeah, I like it too. It's generally quicker, less chance you're going to have to talk to somebody. Um, yeah, I just I enjoy it, but I but I know I'm I, I know not everyone enjoys it. There are a lot of people, and you probably see them on Facebook, who are like, uh, "I'm not using the self checkout. I don't work there." You know, like this sort or of thing. Or people who have the issue of it's taking jobs from other mm, people, kind of thing. Yeah, that's right. Which is. I think they're both illogical arguments. Mm-hmm. If you're to say, I don't work there, it's like, but you walk through the store, push, push around a cart, picking out your things. Like where, where does that end? Like why is actually checking it out and paying for it something that like a paid employee should have to do? I don't, I don't know. I just think that's a weird argument. And then the whole, like it's taking jobs. Um, I don't know necessarily if that is true, but technology has been, making uh humans irrelevant before a time animals wanted to take over you know it's been going on for a long time right absolutely yeah what about the man who used to or woman who used to drive around delivering ice before the days that we had fridge a fridge or the people who used to deliver milk yeah milk yeah when i was growing up i had milk delivered Mm -hmm. um Um, we used to get bagged milk uh every once a week I think it was on Fridays. You'd when you come home, there'd be like three bags of milk sitting there. Mm. Uh, my dad had a little, um, like it was a little sign he would put in his window, the f- window of the front of our house, and that sign would indicate like how much milk we wanted. I think I remember yeah. that as a kid. But, yeah, yeah, um, we used to have that too. Yeah, that's right. Another thing that self checkouts I feel help us avoid is like the my pet peeve something I hate very much is when you're in a long line and the person in front of you says something about like how many cashiers they have on and they want to like argue about it with you, not argue, but like complain with you or something. Anytime I'm in that situation, I just like, I wish for sudden death when someone's like, seems like they only got two cashiers on. I just pretend I don't hear them. But anyway, the the whole point of bringing up our thoughts on self checkouts is it seems that there's now a movement in Canada not even in Canada, a movement around the world um, to consider if we want to keep self-checkouts and some businesses are deciding to remove them altogether. I'm going to play a news clip that will kind of get us caught up on where where, where this is and uh, we'll share our thoughts if uh, if they should stay or not, if they should stay, should stay or if they should go. Here it comes. 
Shopping trips are filled with choices. What to buy, where to get it, and how to pay. I like self-checkout for the convenience of it. I'd rather talk to somebody and have fun and joke around. Maybe lift my spirit or lift theirs. Do you ever use self-checkout? Never. Never. Some retailers across North America and the UK are rethinking self-checkout. British supermarket Booths recently announced it's doing away with the technology in all but two stores. In the US, Walmart, Costco and other chains are also revising their plans, adding more staff and in some cases pulling self-checkouts altogether. Retailers have realized uh, gradually is that not only do some customers dislike self-checkout lanes, uh, but they also failed to reduce labor costs. Self-checkout was designed in part to cut down on labor costs and prevent theft. But retail experts say the technology is having the opposite effect. In Canada, Walmart stores offer self-checkout options at all locations. The company says it evaluates the needs of every store and its customers on a case-by-case -case basis to determine the mix of belted and self-checkout lanes. There are a number of factors at play, store and product type, as well as consumer experience when it comes to deciding the checkout process. Factoring in the high upfront costs to install self-checkout machines, experts say many stores won't be too quick to remove them. So they, they brought up theft in that article. I, I, I guess I didn't really consider how much easier or maybe less awkward it is to steal in a situation that they have self-checkouts. But I, th I think a great ad for keeping self-checkouts was the guy in that clip who was like, I, I would like to go through the cash register and maybe, you know, crack some jokes, maybe cheer her up and make my day a little better. That sounds like someone who's going to end up on encounters with creeps with Madeline and I. A hundred percent. Yeah. And then those people <laughs> like so many times the cashier is just faking being interested in exactly. what you're saying. And yeah. it's just kind of painful to be behind somebody in a lineup like that. And they're telling the cashier things about their lives or jokes they think that are funny, or they're talking about the weather and the cashier just wants you to leave. As they're pretending as to be nice. It's part of their job. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's just silly. It's like, just, just go, just, just, just go. There's no, like, no one's there to meet friends. I don't, well, actually, I don't, maybe there some are people some are, people are, some customers are like, that is their social well, some interactions and maybe I, some employees are too. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, maybe because you and I, I think that's more of an older generational thing. Like, I think you and I come from a generation where we're used to getting our products as quick as possible in and out. Yeah. We're a fast food generation. Time is money. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I hear people say. That's what they say. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time on this earth and I don't have a lot of money. So I don't <laughs> think that really works. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It seems like as the world changes, everything, it's like a race to the bottom. Everything gets quicker and easier and more simple. So I think let's say if theft is the problem, rather than getting rid of self-checkouts as a way to you know, prevent theft by having cashiers, they would just raise the price of everything by five cents and cover whatever they lose by people stealing. Like, I think that's more likely what would happen. I can't imagine they're gonna hire an army of cashiers. You only gotta walk around in any major city in Canada. You see signs everywhere where businesses are looking for people to work, you know, the lower paying jobs. Like it's, you know, there's a, there's a housing crisis, a staffing crisis, a health crisis. I don't know. I don't think we're going to fire the self-checkouts. Yeah, I don't think so either. However, at the end of the day, they're going to do whatever makes financial sense for them mm -hmm. to do. So mm -hmm. if they're losing money on self-checkouts, the self-checkouts will be gone. If I, I can't imagine they're losing money on them. I can't see it either. Uh, once the initial investment is made, yeah, just let them. I mean, there's probably some maintenance to them, but I don't know. I mean, it's hard to lot. say when you're not, when you don't have the, the the data that they have. You know, head office of Walmart has the data um, necessary to make the decision. Here's what I don't understand. There's, there is a mystery about self-checkouts in my mind, and that is 
whenever you go to, I call them like a bank, a self-checkout bank, like a spot where there's like six or eight self-checkouts or whatever to serve you, you generally will get a line and then you go into whatever one's available and do your thing. And there's often like one employee kind of like hovering around, helping the older people who can't figure out mm -hmm. how to use the scale and stuff. But why is it that the self-checkouts are never all open? If there's six of them, there's I like four know. of them you yeah, can use. I know. I wonder that too because so often I'll go to Walmart and six out of the ten self-checkouts are say <laughs> use other lane or lane not operational or whatever. Yeah, they say is it, it. The, are they trying to thought throttle like the speed and flow of people through? And if so, why would they do that? I don't know. Again, we don't have enough information. Okay, I'm the sure people who have the information are the people who are making the decisions. Mm -hmm. And they're the people behind it, and they're not feeding us all of that information no. for us to understand the what's and the why's. There must be someone out there listening who works in retail or works with these machines in a way that they can tell us there's probably a simple explanation for why they're not always all open because it's not that four of the of the eight are broken down or something. They must be choosing how many. What is the reason for that? uh dear listener who has knowledge on this uh because yeah. it drives me crazy yeah it's it's again i just want to get in and out when i go into walmart or a mm -hmm. grocery store or and, but when you look at banks like bank machines you know probably there was a lot of talk when bank machines first started mm. to appear like are they going to replace the tellers yeah but no they didn't and then online banking was the same way is this going to replace the tellers no it hasn't it just complements the service mm -hmm. uh people who don't have time to go to the bank and do their banking online or stop at a bank machine but there's still a purpose for the physical person in the bank to be there for certain things yeah, generally it, it, it frees up the human being to deal with the more complex issue where the simple, like, I want $20, here's your $20, that is automated through an ATM. Same with it. If self-checkouts led to people being around the store for me to ask questions to, I guess I've never been in a situation, I don't think, other than like, where do I find the Diet Pepsi? Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty complicated um puzzle to unravel but if anyone out there has any insight on this uh i'd love to hear a voice memo about the topic of self-checkouts if you want them to stay if you want them to go or why the hell aren't they always open let's um let's start wrapping this up uh before i do though is there anything else you want to say anything we should get into that we missed anything any opinions that you wanted to drop on any of the past topics that you just didn't want to bring up and now you're ready to just explode no <laughs> me neither uh but i think we we did our job tonight um we shown a spotlight on quadra island bc probably the weirdest place in canada um we maybe gave people a reason to think twice before you donate to goodwill and if you have something tucked in a box somewhere and it's important to you take it out because you know shit happens to boxes and self-checkouts yeah we certainly didn't get the bottom of that one no no we're unqualified <laughs> well handsome Aaron airport until next time jordan until next time um the person who uh, give some love to the person who lingers around the self-checkouts like the person who kind of staffs the the lobby of self-checkouts because all day they're trying to explain to people like you got to put it on the scale you can't move it off the scale you can't touch it and you know it must be so frustrating dealing with people who don't understand how to use those things yeah and jordan until next time put a scarf on it's sexy outside <laughs>I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I fulfill our mission to keep Canada weird, but let us also call out to you for even greater support. If something weird happens in your neck of the woods, or if you have any thoughts or opinions on any of the stories we discussed tonight, we want to hear from you. The best way to reach us is via a voice memo at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. Now, before we part here, let me end with some thanks. I want to give a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. 
A big shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicole, who provides this series intro and outro voiceovers, and Monty Data, who provides that original outro version of O Canada that you're about to hear. And then lastly, but most importantly, I have a massive thanks to each and every one of you listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. Now on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Finn, Denise, and Thomas, thank you for going premium. If anyone else would like to support the show, but isn't currently subscribed to the premium feed, you can help out in a couple ways. First of all, a premium feed subscription costs only a couple dollars a month, and that money funds the creation of the show, but perhaps even more attractive than that, the premium feed will give you the episodes two days early, give them to you ad-free, and give you access to a full back catalog of nighttime episodes. That sounds like something you're interested in. You can go premium right now at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And even if you don't want to go premium, you can still help the show grow by simply sharing this episode on social media and telling any like-minded friends about the work we're doing here. If anyone listening has any story ideas or wants to give feedback on the show, or again, contribute any kind of question or comment for an upcoming episode, you can reach us at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. We hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. Keep Canada Weird is written, hosted, and produced by the Nighttime Podcast. And now to our viewers and listeners everywhere. Good night. Hey Jordan, it's Chris in BC. I am calling in, so to speak, because I was scrolling through LinkedIn and saw the Canadian Chamber of Commerce in Singapore post a series of pictures of a new Tim Hortons in Vivo City. All I can say is it doesn't look like anything that resembles a Tim Hortons in Canada. If you get the chance to check it out, check it out. I think you'll see what I mean. Love the show. Thanks. Her name is Elspeth. Elspeth Tassioni. You know her as the offbeat but brilliant defense attorney from The Good Wife and The Good Fight. You've been a very busy little bee. Buzz, buzz. Now she's in New York with the NYPD. This is very different. Better. But still using her unconventional ways to find the truth. You're trying to sniff me, Miss Tassioni? <laughs> Elspeth, new series Thursdays on Global. Stream on Stack TV.